0: Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to the Ratsmur Battleground. My name is Sia Yasotornrat. I'm the host and moderator, and we're joined by the co host, Mr. Paul Fredrickson. Hey, Paul.
1: Hi, Sia. Good afternoon, and happy everything to everyone.
0: Exactly, exactly right. So, this is an intro episode that we're going to do because, well, we started recording and never actually sat back and said, wait, maybe we should tell people who the hell we are and our backgrounds before we're sitting there talking about our authority on <sighs> ransomware and Everyone knows us. Everyone knows us. It's fine. <laughs> of course, like, who doesn't know? us? We're, we're
1: best buds. We're best buds with the internet.
0: Really? Exactly. The interwebs. So, Paul, the we tubes. have to talk about this. Intertubes the tubes so uh, let's talk about this because I think we just aged ourselves just by virtue of those words that we just used so talk to me sir where did you come from where you come from
1: oh, Where did I come from that's a long story
0: well you're but but you weren't born in America
1: I was born in America Oh were you oh yeah.
0: Why thanks for
1: knowing because I have a funny spelling in my name I do have a Danish name but I was born in America
0: Oh gotcha okay.
1: But, I mean, I went to school for technology, I went to school for electrical engineering, and then I decided I didn't like electrical engineering, so I went into computers, because computers were a lot more fun. And that, as as you mentioned before, was a long time ago.
0: <laughs> I guess we're not going to date ourselves, are we? So
1: <laughs> We could. I mean...
0: But, but you do have a degree in sciences. My degree is in history, so I always find it rather amusing that, you know, I talk about my 20 plus years in corporate tech sales, um, the fact that, you know, cybersecurity has always been a hot topic for me. I'm always interested in learning more. And yet, you know, I can write I can write about it, historically speaking, I suppose, now. Yeah, but the,
1: ni- the nice thing about cybersecurity and, and computers in general are they're a meritocracy. I mean, I know quite—I I know quite a number of people who, let's say, would have a journalism degree, that are very excellent at cybersecurity.
0: Yeah, no. Poets. In fact, <laughs> I was just going to say there's quite a few people like, uh, you know, we could start dropping names and whatnot. But mm-hmm. a lot of journalists, a lot of writers, a lot of, which is a fascinating. Lot of writers. Yeah. Exactly. So let's talk about this, Paul, because you have had a long career in mm-hmm. uh, cybersecurity or security, network security, yes. endpoint security. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Information security. Like how many other names shall we call it that encompasses so well, it much? Used
1: to, it used to just be IT. Then it became networking. Then it became, you know, security. Then firewall companies Or we both met at a certain firewall company a bunch of years ago. But, yeah, no, it's, it just keeps evolving. And that's part of the awesomeness of this is it's never dull, never, never boring. There's always something to learn, always something changing.
0: Exactly, right? And and I think that's the whole point because as um, pervasive as networks have become, as we have shifted and connected anything and everything, right, where our toaster has an IP address now. I mean, what fascinates me and why Ransomware Battleground exists is because of the fact that ransomware has evolved. It's, I mean, let's just talk about how we identify the Gen 1 of attacks, if you will, hackers, if you will. I mean, how would you define the first gen attacks? What would what it look like?
1: Well, I mean, if you're going back to the old days, right? And we can do that. Uh, it, the, the internet was built on trust. So a lot of the the, the fundamentals of the internet were, were, you know, built on one computer system, trusting another computer system, like the, the old email relays, right? Like if I was at school on the East Coast, and I wanted to send you an email out on the West Coast, it would literally go from university computer to university computer to university computer, right? Because it was trusted. And there were no pervasive inter, you know, the, the network links in between them were, you know, just strung together between, you know, the larger universities, typically. And, you know, then that system got abused. So, you know, we had to kind of change that. Like now, nowadays, I mean, Email, you can't have email without spam protection because it's such, you know, it's it's so exploited and it's used for phishing and it's used for all of this. And it's, you know, a lot of the different protocols on the Internet were based off of trust. And, you know, as they've each in turn been, you know, subverted, they've been changed. And that's, you know, the wonderful thing about the Internet. It, it realized like, oh, we're not all, you know, college buddies anymore. You know, there's people mm. out there people out there trying to you know uh, take advantage you know so it just keeps evolving and evolving but that's that's what i call like the the original spam kind of is to me the original perversion of the internet let's say
0: you know and i remember back in the day for when i had my time at sonic wall which is i think pretty much how you and i have met Mm -hmm. uh, back in the early aughts well before early aughts ignite well i didn't know you then Oh. I was I was not part of the Ignite crew, the uh, infamous Ignite crew. Uh, um, but the way I understood it as, and then I was entering, uh, you know, the world of security through the lens of SonicWall, so endpoint security, you know, VPN technology was the answer, if you will, to connect remote mm-hmm. uh, locations. And, uh, you know, there was a big promotion on telecommuting back then, but it just didn't seem to have the same hook, like grab or hook until most recently with the pandemic but when i had heard about these hacks and you know these nefarious you know outsiders hackers right it was usually to get access to resources where you know they would you know maybe do denial of service attacks but then but the ultimate goal though was try to get pc utilization right like use multiple bots to do whatever processing that they need is that still applicable or is, pretty much has Absolutely. that gone away
1: I mean, the use case has changed a little bit, but, you know, I mean, that's one of the biggest things right now for Bitcoin mining, right? That's they want to take over free power on the Internet because the Bitcoin algorithm is decided, you know, was designed, I should say, uh, to make, you know, the progressive coins harder to compute. So you need more power to do it, which is why a lot of the environmentalists say Bitcoin is going to destroy the world or whatever.
0: Oh, interesting. I didn't even think about that, but it makes sense.
1: Well, because it has to, you know, you have to have all this power to validate the transactions and everything like that, too. But uh, I think those are a little bit overblown, but that's off topic. Uh, it's is,
0: is that a little dramatic? Is that like a little overly like uh, sensationalist statement? It's like a bit. A I mean,
1: it's, it's, it's fundamental, right? I mean, because you're trying to, some sort of a Bitcoin type technology, blockchain technology is going to very likely you know, take over things, right? It has to.
0: I see what you're saying.
1: You know, for, for a bunch of different reasons. And if it's going to be a world standard, you want it to be as efficient and awesome as possible. So it's.
0: So, okay, so let's bring it back a little bit though. So, if they are wanting to get access to resources, you know, it feels like the next progression when it comes to cybersecurity and attacks is access to data or corporate mm-hmm. data or login and credentials. Is that, again, I feel like there's that progression is like as you get into a corporate networking environment, it, it's almost like initially it was just to get it in and get what you can. But I, I feel like it's evolved very quickly and accelerated. So what have you seen this type of acceleration that we're talking about?
1: Well, originally, you know, you wanted to get in just for for giggles, right? Just to say like it's the like the old war game movie, right? Which who knows even if people have watched it anymore. Like, right, he war dialed back in the day when you actually had to use a telephone and a modem you know to break into all these different you know cool computer systems and then you know all he wanted to do was play with stuff right and it was originally that's that's how things worked but then you know there were profit motives in it right i could you know corporate espionage and such and you know i just have to get through what you know looking back now were relatively minor defenses because you know everything like i said everything started off trusting everyone right yeah, no, so the so the data and the evolution of things has gone onto the cloud, right? Everybody loves to say the cloud, you know, as if, as if it's a completely different technology. When in reality it's actually a managed data center. It's just not a data center that you manage and that you happen to pay Microsoft or Amazon or Google to manage for you, and then create the control system for you, right? So that's that's created a lot of innovation, right? A huge source of innovation because it's you no longer have to go and put a server in a data center and then connect it up to the network and then make sure it has, you know, the firewall rules are set up right to get to it, right? You can just click on an interface, click on a web page, and Amazon will happily set something up for you as long as you put your credit card in. Right. So you can do all kinds of cool stuff in there very shortly. But that's also the, 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 Part of this data center being in the cloud and easy to use is that you know, you have to configure things correctly because it's internet native. It is no longer inside your data center. It is sitting out on the internet, which is great for you to connect to it, but it also means anybody else on the internet can connect to it as well. And let's just pick on Amazon here, right? Their, their standard is they secure the hardware and the network, but your data security is all on you. And they show you how to do it, you know, very, very much so. You know, so they show you how to do it, but it's still up to you, right? It's in their terms of service. Like, we secure up to here, you secure the rest. So with that, you know, there's some people who are less good at security than others or less focused on security, you know.
0: I think that's where the opportunity is right now. If I'm Mm going to be a hacker, like, I have the opportunity now. Not only can I get that data, And then Mm -hmm. as we've progressed in our technology and capabilities of managing all that data, right, and parsing through that data to determine what is good and what's just junk, Mm -hmm. right? And and you see that huge jump on that monetization side. So let's talk about this monetization because that's ultimately where ransomware battleground is really sitting on, right? This is the premise of this entire discussion and podcast is really about the situation of of ransomware again it's one mm-hmm. of the fastest growing especially after the pandemic or after during the pandemic it's i mean I, I can't look at the stats but but it's not just these you know teenagers in a dungeon or basement somewhere with like hoodies you know sitting in there and coding like crazy the, the ransomware attacks are are often coming from nation states now so
1: mm-hmm.
0: help me see that do you think this is more And as we continue evolving the next 20 odd years, it's going to be more of a cyber warfare among nation states, or is it going to be a big combination of uh, opportunists who want ransomware businesses for millions, you know, tens of millions of dollars?
1: Well, it's the internet is critical infrastructure now. And, you know, it's the old joke about why do bank robbers rob banks? It's because that's where the money is, right? So everybody's online. And now, like you're saying, with the pandemic, everybody had, to go home and then work online from home. And it's, you get down to a business case of, you know, when you were at an office, right? They could reasonably and cheaply protect, you know, the campus network, right? You know, when, you, w- with the old paradigm of, you know, uh, outside is bad, inside the network is good, right? right? So we could, we could do protection on the edge. But now that everybody's, you know, working from home that, you know, inside is now your home network where everybody in your family could have four to five devices easily. You know, it's not, it's, it's, you know, multi, multi multi-screening, I believe is the new term for watching TV while being on your phone and a tablet simultaneously. And that's totally
0: me. I'm I'm totally (laughs) guilty of it. Right. So, I mean, what can we expect as far as like, so I think with Ransomware Battleground and all the episodes subsequently that you'll be hearing, Mm -hmm. it's going to be a lot of discussions on specific attacks, uh, the ramifications Mm -hmm. of those attacks and you know is there hope for us
1: oh there there absolutely is
0: is there hope talking to you security people you guys are like the world sucks and everyone sucks in it like are we sure about that
1: (laughs) well security folks are curmudgeony but that's you know (laughs) because we're kind of the police of the internet we see all the bad stuff happening and you we usually have to respond to it and a lot of times we can't talk about it you know for a variety of reasons um But there is this awesome concept now, you know, that we probably should get a nickel every time we say called zero trust. Right. And that's pretty much moving that trusting nature of the original Internet. And essentially that's gone now. So every device, you know, the security perimeter is down to the device. It's no longer on the network level. I was going to say there's all kinds of different new strategies that we have to adopt, uh, to to address the the, the ever changing, you know, way of the internet.
0: And it's really kind of a discussion at this point of not if but when you get attacked and really yeah. ultimately it's the mitigation of it, right? It's not a question of yeah. what happens. It's going to happen, right? So how do you yeah, minimize it's just it?
1: How, it's it's how you react and how quickly you can get back up.
0: That's absolutely insane. So this is what excites me about ransomware battleground. Do you want to give a shout out to Airgap? They are our sponsor for this podcast zero trust isolation platform mm-hmm. you know they, they're they have Kill a fantastic switch. solution yeah, they do have a really yeah. interesting solution for that so thank you eric App, for the sponsorship and on that note paul i think this is a great introduction episode anyone that wants to get to know us can reach us in the contacts page and of course you can always hit us up at linkedin paul are we ready for this born ready, born ready. all right well everyone thank you so much for your time and i think that wraps it up for the introductory episode of the ransomware battleground yeah.